The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, and some guests. And we're excited to have this uh, latest episode. Um, and on this uh, episode, we, we have really special guests who actually happen to have their own podcast. And so I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, we've got the uh, hosts of Back to the Reformation podcast. Why don't we start with you, Matt? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jason and Roger. Thanks for having us on. My name is Matt Rosenblum, and I am the host of Back to the Reformation podcast. Um, I am just an ordinary layperson who is interested in theological topics and apologetics, and um, I am a family guy. I, I'm a husband of one wife, right, and, uh, <laughs> and three girls and two dogs. Ooh. And I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Very nice. And, and I attend and I attend I attend Paramount Church. Oh. In Jacksonville, Florida, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and Onig. Hello. I am Onig Sayadian, as the Americans would pronounce it. And uh <laughs> as Matt would pronounce it, I would say. Uh, and uh <laughs> Sayadian. Um, I am not that ordinary. I'm pretty extraordinary. I could say, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, so I am also married to one wife. I have four kids. I also have one dog <laughs> and, uh, we go to a church. I think you're familiar with it. Uh, you got Jason and Roger. Mm. It's a, a Mount Ararat Bible church in Northridge. Oh man. I've heard of it. Any good? That's the best church I've ever heard of. It's yeah. a great church, huh? great gospel, <laughs> gospel centered church. Amen. That church, guys, is a rather, that church is a rather high elevation from what I understand. Yeah. Mount Ararat. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> guys, it, it's fun. Yeah. We, we wanted to have you guys introduce yourselves, uh, though. A lot of our listeners probably already know you and we've talked about your podcast on our podcast before. And, and uh, these are good friends of ours and uh, we're glad to have you guys on with us. And uh, there's a lot we want to talk about, a lot that we want to cover, um, but we wanted to start uh, with kind of figuring out why you, uh, just a couple of years ago now, I think it's been, has it been two years, three years that you guys started your podcast? So why why did you guys end up starting the Back to the Reformation podcast? What what caused you guys to, to start that off? Oni, do you want to give us a little background on that? Uh, well, we... Long time ago, in a galaxy not so far away, uh, Matt and I did have a a prior podcast called Gospel Gospel Defenders, but that didn't really go anywhere. We were busy with life, and um, that became stale. But um, it was about two years ago. Matt approached me again. He said, "Hey, you want to start another podcast?" I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." You know, because uh, the last one was uh, was really excited about it. We were getting out the um, Calvinistic understanding of salvation and so on back then calvinistic today it's a reformed understanding <laughs> and so, there is uh, a difference there is a difference yeah uh, so uh i said yes and uh it 
I think our first episode was, uh, well, actually three years ago, 2019, mm. August wow. 24th was our introduction podcast. Nice. And then our, our first guest was uh, Dr. Uh, Scott Clark from Westminster SoCal. Very nice. I, I went back and I listened to that episode, actually. It was uh, really insightful, even from day one for you guys. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do on this Back to the Reformation podcast, because you guys, it's kind of a unique approach. I think a lot of podcasters do what Roger and I do, and that's talk too much. Um, but you guys bring people on, it seems, and, and talk to them. So tell us about your approach. Right. So from day one, um, I had this idea and I talked to Onig about it. You know, we were talking about theologians and how great it would be to interview really well-known theologians, theologians who we admire, who we learn from, as well as pastors. Um, and we thought that this would be such a great way to introduce an audience um, to this way of learning by just, you know, asking questions. I mean, after all, that's what the catechisms are for, correct? Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because I like to ask questions and I want the answers myself, right? So I like to ask questions that everybody's thinking, right? I just ask the questions that everybody would want to ask themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my approach and that's why I wanted to do it. I feel that, you know, obviously owning a nice study, but we want to, we want to be able to sit under these men's feet as well and learn from them. And we want our audience to learn from them. And so I felt that this was the best avenue. You know, there's a lot of podcasts where people just listen to the host talk and that's mm -hmm. fine. And we've done an episode like that, but we feel more comfortable addressing, you know, the audience in this way and, and talking to these scholars. That's the reason why we do it. Yeah. How do you go about, you know, you have a lot of these different guests, different theologians, uh, you know, when you're thinking about who you want on, how do you approach them? Do you have uh, prior contact to a lot of these people? Do you just introduce yourself? Right. And, and Yes. So you start off, you know, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, Onig and I have made friends with some of these people. And so what happens is you kind of start networking. And um, just like with anything else, and some of the guests are through networking and some of the guests are just reaching out, mm -hmm. um, you know, and thank the Lord, you know, a lot of people have heard the podcast now. And so, you know, when we do approach some of these people, um, it's not new to them, not new to them. Um, and, you know, if we ask them if they've heard the podcast before and they say, oh, yes, we have actually, then, yes. you know, it's a little easier of a sell sometimes. Um, so kind of that's the way we go about it. And we the topics vary, you know, from whatever we want to talk about, whatever come, comes up in our head, whatever we're discussing at the time and what a lot of people are talking about at the time, whether it's um, in like reformed media, you know, or the Calvangelical circles, you know, <laughs> their media websites or what we see going on online. Does that mean you guys are listening to a lot of podcasts yourselves? Yeah, I listen to a lot of the podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie for sure. Onik, you too? I do, but not as much as Matt, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some of the ones? Uh, don't give too many and make sure to mention the Rod and Staff podcast. But uh, what what other <clears throat> podcasts do you guys go to and, and like to listen to? Well, well my, my, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. My my all time favorite. Rod and Staff, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rod and Staff is my all time favorite. <laughs> and then second to that is the White Horse Inn. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's some other ones like uh, Reformed Brotherhood and uh, Matt I believe you have a few of them yeah so I like the Reformed Brotherhood um, that's a really good one um, I listened to the Heidelcast with Dr. R. Scott Clark that's right. um, I listened to the White Horse and of course um, and then I listened to Theocast, and those are buddies of ours as well, with John Moffat and Justin Purdue. Mm-hmm. And then um, I listened to, you know, regular another other podcasts that have just sermons. So I listened to Him We Proclaim with our pastor, Dr. John Fonville. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to also uh, Bounding Grace Radio with uh, Chris Gordon, who is another friend of ours who's been on the show a couple of times. And, um, you know, there's other other uh things i listen to as well i listen to a lot of lectures and teachings um you know like you know we've we a friend of ours who's a mutual friend is lee irons you have know, listened to a bunch of his classes of course yeah. and he's been on the on the podcast as well so you know the yeah. list goes on and on and on you know it's just there's so much i mean you could just go right and listen to so much stuff and another another thing i would actually uh, recommend would be um 1517 i'm not familiar with everything they release but there is another there is a uh, one podcast um uh, that's called you are forgiven and they have um various sermons on there and one of the lead guys they have on there is uh pastor edward killian and he's a friend of ours and he's been on our show before and i would highly recommend it yeah great guy nice uh, don't forget um the Evendroths, right? The, the Pactum. Oh, of course. No, no right, Compromise so Radio. Pactum. I was just going to say No no Co Radio with Mike Evendroth, another buddy of ours. And um, yeah, Mike's, Mike and his brother are both awesome. They really are. And uh, Mike's a great friend, very encouraging, has a lot of wisdom. I would highly recommend listening to No Compromise Radio. Nice. Uh, that leaves pretty much no time in your day for anything else, it sounds like. But <laughs> man... Those are, that's a good list. I, I, quite a few of those are, are very familiar to me, and I, I know Roger as well. We've listened to uh, a lot of those. Those are excellent, excellent resources. Um, with that in mind and thinking about your approach and who you guys have interviewed, uh, why don't you tell us some of your kind of favorite topics that you've been able to cover and the kind of the, I don't want to say favorite guys because they're all great, I know. Uh, but what are some memorable episodes that uh, just stood out to you guys? Uh, well, um, I, go ahead. Do you have to interrupt me? You have to interrupt me every time. <laughs> no, just like you're, inter- the podcast. you're interrupting me. You you're know? like a married <laughs> couple, Roger. I don't know. What do you right. think? <laughs> no, we might have to do some counseling at the end. Right. Of this. <laughs> go ahead. Odin. I was going to say our first episode was great uh, only because it was pretty much a smorgasbord of everything Yeah, (laughs) Uh, with uh, Dr. Clark. I mean, we uh, were kind of uh, green (laughs) when we started. So uh, kind of chaotic at first, but uh, that was, that was probably one of my uh, favorite ones. But uh, in addition to that, uh, the um, episodes with uh, Dr. Lee Irons were very informative uh, regarding covenant theology. And um, one of my favorites, again, is um, the one with Pastor uh, Patrick Hines uh, <laughs> regarding the appraisal of um, on just, uh, the view on justification by John Piper. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a lot of uh, response to that. 
uh, I'm sure. Was it all, was it all positive? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were thankful. Oh, good. Yeah, good. There's some pushback. It's funny. I was talking with a buddy over our lunch the other day and I'm saying one thing about being a podcaster is sometimes you do get stuff thrown at you. Mm. You know, some people don't like what you have to say. Um, but I think overall, I think it was positive. Was there pushback? Yes, there was some pushback. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You guys, uh, you guys got me in trouble uh, because I, I actually shared that, that particular episode on Facebook and I got some people contacting me, telling me, look, how dare you take on this elder statesman in the faith? And uh, I said, it mm-hmm. wasn't me. It was my friends. Um, so I just blamed you guys and, and that's uh, fine. Yeah. So we'll did you get pushed? You get pushback from anybody in our church that we need to talk to. Are you, are you thinking discipline, Roger? You... I'm not going that far, man. <laughs> so, so how do you guys come up with the topic uh, that you're, you know, do you guys think, oh, we'd love to get this guy on and then think of the topic that you'd like to approach with him? Uh, or do you have a topic in mind and go, hey, I wonder which guy is best suited for that topic? Right. So like with Patrick Hines, Patrick Hines kind of became um, the guy who was very well articulating the problems with John Piper's two view or two step view of justification. Okay. And um, I was passed on his video a while ago. Um, I watched it and I was really impressed with Patrick. Patrick and I had actually been friends on Facebook. Okay. Um, and that's actually before it became fully reformed with a capital R. <laughs> I was into new covenant theology when Patrick and I were originally friends on Facebook. And here's the thing. What happened is John Piper had actually released been. Well, let me just put it this way. Let me back up a little bit. Tom Schreiner had released his book right on that series from, I guess, uh, Southern SBC, like some SBC series or something. Mm. And his happened to be on faith alone. And John Piper happened to do the forward for that book. Mm-hmm. And the forward of that book was released really before Shriner's book came out. Okay. And it was on the gospel coalition's website. And it kind of, you know, just went crazy all over the internet because people were talking about it. But it got a lot of positivity, right? And a lot of the defenders, you had people like Mark Jones defending it and then people rebutting some of the things that Mark Jones said. And then Patrick Hines and I started tag teaming together on Facebook and defending um, the traditional view of faith alone and, and calling out what John Piper was doing. And we were like the only lone ranger. We were like lone rangers on Facebook, and everybody else was kind of ticked off at us. Hmm. And so, you know, a couple of years down the line, Patrick got off Facebook all together, and then I reached out to him when we thought about tackling this topic, and he agreed to do so. And of course, he remembered me, and we became friends. And um, it was great, man. I mean, he came on, and I just think he nailed it. I think he, I think. Honestly, I think that Pastor Patrick Hines has the best critique of John Piper's view of justification around. I really do. Hmm. And he's gotten a lot of flack for it. A lot of people don't like what he has to say. But, you know, hey, man, he's 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 sticking to the truth. Yeah. So that's how we came up with that show. 
And then like with some of the others, like I said before, um, we just think that certain people fit certain topics. They're the yeah. best at articulating mm-hmm. certain topics. And so that's what we do is we come up with, we kind of have, you know, our favorites and our, our go-tos. And then sometimes we try to think outside the box who we haven't interviewed. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little insight. We had probably one of the foremost New Testament scholars um, on the top of the topic of eschatology that we were going to have on. Mm. Um, I won't say the name to be nice, but when we started digging another theologian friend of ours, made known to me that this theologian had a problematic view of justification. Hmm. The scholar agreed to come on. Um, and then when we started digging a, a little more, I found out it was pretty true. And it sounded that this new Testament scholar had a similar theological view of justification um, of Norman Shepard. Hmm. And so we decided not to have him on. And so, so it, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, I, that, you know, I just reached out to this guy and he actually said, oh, yeah, sure. I'd like to come on. That's fine. And, but you never know. Right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, go ahead. Monique, you were going to say. No, I was just going to say we've been more a bit more selective after that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question about that. Would you have you brought on uh, an individual that. Uh, you didn't agree with on the topic that you were going to interview him on um, and then talk through it or, or are you open to something like that? I would, I would say we're open to a lot of things, but the only, uh, the, the two things that we, we pretty much are set on are the understanding of um, a law and gospel distinction. And then of course um, the proper view of um in regards to salvation and uh, sanctification, both being monergistic. I think we're, we have selective uh, people that we, we bring on for that, but yeah, we can certainly talk about other uh, matters uh, that we don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with Matt on everything, uh, but, but, you know, he's free to be wrong. So. <laughs> I don't think it's plenty wrong. He can be wrong if he wants. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's okay with you guys. <laughs> Yeah. Either look, Onig and I want to win people over to our positions. You know, we don't want to be jerks to people. We're not about ad hominems. That's not what we should be doing as Christians. Um, but we are selective about who we have on the show. I think it's very important. Um, we have invited opponents um, of certain positions that we hold to, mm. to have discussions with other theologians or pastors. Uh, we wanted to do this specifically on a debate or discussion around Lordship salvation. Okay. And we did, and we did invite um, a Lordship proponent on, um, but we digging a little further, um, he declined. Mm. So it's okay. not that we're not, you know, against having discussions, but um, it's just if they're willing to come on or not. Yeah. yeah and, about, and, and a lot of times when you bring up these discussions and you air your grievances with their position, they probably equate that with ad hominem attacks. It's mm. not necessarily you're attacking them, but you're attacking the view that they hold to. So yeah. you, you get those types of responses as well. Yeah. Now, now let's be honest, guys. This is theology you're talking about. Like, how how important is theology? 
I say it's kind well, of important. <laughs> yeah, it, it only means about this. It only means the study of God Himself. Well, it's not that important. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this a little bit because you're you intentionally have named your podcast Back to the Reformation. Why specifically? Uh, back to the Reformation, what are some of the key doctrines that were on your hearts and minds when you were naming it that? And then as you're moving forward in this ministry, which really it is a a ministry, right? Like a parachurch. Yes. Ministry, I know. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not an official ministry that's tied to a church. Right. Um, that's true. Um, here's the thing is that I came out of the background of new covenant theology. I had been into new covenant theology for many, many years. Um, I wasn't confessional. I was a biblicist. Um, I adhered to Lordship salvation. That doesn't mean I'm an antinomian now, like a lot of people would think it's not what we mean by that, but we do have a reformed view of justification and sanctification. Um, and the thing is, is that when I became reformed, obviously, that means adhering to confessional standards and beliefs and creeds. Um, I am now in a creedal and confessional church. Um, it's a reformed Anglican church. Um, Onig and you guys, of course, are in a confessional church now. You guys hold to the 1689, right? Mm -hmm. um, 1689 federalism. So there's a difference that coming out of what I call Calvangelicalism, um, basically just being a Calvin, a, 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 basically a Calvinist who is an evangelical, but who does not hold to any confessions or creeds. Mm -hmm. So I felt it's important for us to constantly go back and to study what the Reformation was, what, what the Reformation was about, why it happened, um, what the proponents of the Reformation believed. And I think it's it's paramount that we go back to the Reformation time and time again because we're Protestants, we're historic Protestants, and we believe these things for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I think to be honest with you, I think the church needs to be reforming more. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we we spot out we spot different topics all the time where there's problematic uh, doctrines and theologies that are taught time and time again. It seems that people have not learned, and we keep on making the same same mistakes over and over again. Now, I came up with that title back to the Reformation and I put it uh, to Oneg and Oneg thought it was a good idea and then we just ran with it. Nice. Yeah. yeah Oneg, go ahead, Oneg. Now, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, when, you know, the term Semper Reformanda is, is uh, you know, it's we're, if we're always reforming, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that our doctrines change. It means that uh, our, our uh, once if we were not reformed, we should now be reformed because uh, this whole witness of a body of believers have formed these confessions, so that we we it becomes these what do you call it uh, those rails those railings Matt uh, of our of our doctrinal guide because when you have problems like. Uh, the dispensational churches had with lordship salvation that that's not a reformed issue in any way because the, re, the reformed churches confessional churches already had an answer to it and had answers to it for hundreds of years so um, the, that's where confessional um, 
uh, reformed churches are the advantage that they have is to uh, keep you on uh, within those 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 railings uh, so that you don't fall uh, to the left or the right too far right i think i think that's true i think that's well said onig the fact is is that we don't want to act like we're coming to the bible for the first time right there we're the only ones that we've discovered these truths as a standalone person we have not we have forefathers right and we stand on their backs and i think we should be humble enough to learn from who came before us there's a whole thing that's known as church history i think you know that well jason never, never heard of it never heard. i think of you it. know that I, I think you know that well right so the fact is is that we need to learn from our church fathers and i'm not just talking about the early church fathers but those throughout the history of the church and especially those of the reformation and i don't think we can ever get past them yeah, yeah some some may argue i'm sorry uh, some may argue that uh, well these are man written confessions they're not they're not god breathed and yeah of course they're not god breathed no one ever said that but and they're open to be challenged uh, so far, they've been challenged and rebutted every time, and um, you know that's the, that's been the case. Right, Roger. I'm you, sorry. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> no, what changed in your thinking? You know, is 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 when you go to you know Bible churches, we we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we get our doctrine from the Bible, and now you're. You know, we hold to creeds and confessions. Was there a point in time where it started to click to say, look, these are important. The, these give us an understanding that we didn't have before. Was there any particular uh, time that that occurred in your thinking? Or was it just a process that you started to move toward that direction? And now you see the strengths of the creeds and confessions. Yeah, only go ahead and tell us a little bit about how that happened for you. Okay, yeah, sure. So I've grew up. Okay, well, I was born into the Armenian Apostolic uh, Church, and uh, I believe it's problematic saved. right there. <laughs> the Armenian part, or anyway. <laughs> and and then I I'm going to ignore you for now. And then uh, <laughs> um, I was saved, I believe, uh, as a teenager, and. Uh, and uh, led into a dispensational uh, church, uh, not necessarily Wesleyan, but uh, it did uh, did hold to lordship, salvation, and everything like that. But after so many years, uh, it became such a burden on me to constantly introspect and test myself to see mm -hmm. if I'm a true Christian and so on, uh, where I didn't have any assurance left. I, I literally uh, told a friend of mine when we were at uh, my former church that, um, do we really know that we're saved? I mean, I, mm. we don't really know we're saved, right? Until the very end, wow. right? If, wow. if, you've, if you've persevered, if you've persevered. So that's where I, uh, I came to. And then I realized, what am I doing? I mean, do, do I not really believe in sola fide? Do I not really believe that? Do I not believe that justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone? Mm. Those alone statements mean something. They mm. mean that it's not based upon what you're what you're doing or what your works are or how well you're doing, uh, you know, your, your own faithfulness, it's based on the finished work of work of Christ. And if we believe that we can't necessarily believe in a Lordship salvation theology, 
so that's that's what triggered it and uh, i was all on board when matt wanted to came up to me and said let's do this yeah and i think for our listeners to be honest some of this language is is not super familiar so i think uh um, and I think we'll, we're definitely going to come back for another episode with you guys and we'll maybe dig in a little bit more to some of these things. But things like Lordship Salvation, um, some may be familiar with, some may not be. You guys use the language of Biblicism. Um, can, can we just press on that just a little bit? But when you guys use the language of Biblicism, uh, Matt, like what, what are you referring to in as concise kind of clear way that you can just tell us what you mean by biblicism and why that's problematic right so there's you know there's different angles of biblicism that people talk about um what i'm going to talk about when i mean biblicism is that we're talking about the bible and myself alone right that that again that i have come to the bible by myself and i believe that this is what the bible says i, I interpret the bible in such a way with no outside guidance or help that's one angle of it. The other angle that we talk about when we're talking about biblicism, which is very important, is not isolating uh, just a single verse within a context of a book or a chapter of the Bible. We have to take it within its greater context, right, about which in which it's given, the, in the context of it's given. Um, so it's very important to acknowledge who the author is, you know. The, the the way the author writes who he's addressing and the genre right as well that's important right when we're interpreting the scriptures mm -hmm. so that's when it's, it's, it's it's hermeneutics right we're talking about hermeneutics here and then the greater is taking the bible as a whole right and so we talk about the analogy of faith, the analogia fide in Reformed parlance, right? And those term terminologies. Mm -hmm. And that's taking the Bible as a whole and taking the Bible and interpreting the, the not so clear passages in light of clear passages and also in the light of redemptive uh, history as a whole, right? Because redemptive, redemptive history flows from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Right. So when we talk about eschatology, we're not only talking about revelation, we're talking about all of scripture, because starting from the book of Genesis, all of scripture is eschatological. Right. Because it moves. Right. And it's unfolding all the time. And, and it's it's not unfolding anymore. Right. And that's important to acknowledge. I mean, now we have what's called a closed canon. But these are important things, and this is this is what I mean by biblicism, is that it's very important that we keep these things in mind when we come to the Bible, and especially, like I said at the beginning, that we're not coming to the Bible for the first time alone, but people before us have come to the Bible, and these issues, as Onig has said before, are settled. They really are. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not debates about certain passages or interpretations, but as a whole, I don't think there's a lot a lot left up to grab. Yeah, you know. with with another thing about biblicism, that's the reason where confessional churches um, are such a wonderful thing to be in, because you have the understanding and the learning of these uh, of the divines of the past, right, and not just a single individual who has their thought process. Yeah. So there, they all these men are in in agreement and. And um, they they form these confessions, which are basically summaries of biblical truth. That's all that all that is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And as a pastor, uh, you, you can see, I, I, I maybe we'll link it. I don't know, but I, I wrote an article a while back about why I think it's so important to be um, confessional as I'm learning what it means to be confessional. Cause this is new to me. I didn't go to a confessional school, didn't grow up in a confessional church. Um, but I see right. the, the, the significance of it, the importance and how much of a blessing it is for the pastors and the elders, even for accountability, for not feeling alone, that somehow we have to have all the answers on our own. Uh, hey, let me get back to you. I'm going to go research this in scripture. Well, we have this system of doctrine that um, comes from the scriptures and years and years and years of God's teachers teaching and building on their faith, uh, on the faith of the previous generation. And it there's so much to uh, church history, like you guys mentioned, that um, I really appreciate those, those comments there from both of you on, on biblicism. Uh, there, there's so much to talk about. We do want to delve into some more specific issues uh, with you, and we will do that, though, on uh, our, our next episode. Uh, Roger, any uh, last questions you want to get in on, on uh, this episode with these guys or any last critiques of them and maybe their haircuts? Or Wow, you're offending our Thank guests you. so quickly. I don't know if they're going to come back I... to our next episode now. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. He's referring to I lost my hair since the last time we saw one another. <laughs> you this saved your audio. hair, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is we an know audio you. podcast, right? <laughs> it is, thankfully. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, no, no, it's... well, then, thanks yeah. for thanks for uh, listening, for those that are uh, listening. And we look forward to uh, delving into some really specific topics uh, with uh, Matt and Onik on our next episode. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.